Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. Today we have a gifted entrepreneur from the West Coast who's built an amazing company that has made an impact on so many different kids within BC and now in Ontario. Let's welcome Laura Patrick, the founder and CEO of Kids Physio Group. Laura has quite the story. She started out in the public sector working in pediatrics to starting her own practice in order to provide the much needed pediatric physiotherapy services to the community. So she turned this one person shop to a massive six location, soon to be seven locations with the newest Hamilton location coming and even more in the works franchise. Laura is is currently the CEO of Kids Physio Group, which is now the largest physio only franchise across Canada. So today we're gonna have a chance to uh, uh, talk with Laura about two major topics uh, in a two-part series. So we'll be diving into this franchise model of a niche physiotherapy practice, as well as female entrepreneurship within the physiotherapy space. So make sure to check out her company at kidsphysio.ca. All right, without further ado, let's get down to business. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Before we dive in, can you give us a summary of your journey so far and the moment that you decided to take this entrepreneurial path? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. It is a total honor and not necessarily a really comfortable space for me. I'm usually on the listening end to podcasts as I'm an avid podcast listener. So thank you so much. No problem. Welcome. Yeah. Um, Listen, I, you know, I kind of ended up as an entrepreneur because of my vision. So I want to just start out there. I have always loved working with children. Um, That was my, you know, my, my growing up was being involved in sport. Um, My background was, (laughs) as a teenager, was um, coaching kids as well as um, doing summer day camps and babysitting and all that kind of stuff. And then I am the daughter of a um, a grade one teacher. So my mom was a grade one teacher and my sister is actually a kindergarten teacher. So we have a real love of children in our family. Um, But when I started physio school, I had no idea if you can believe it, because I was an athlete, I had no idea that you actually could graduate and work with children when I started at McMaster <laughs> and um, sort of met squarely on the, um, the grass of one of the houses in Hamilton on the very first day when we were doing a bit of a social um, with someone who was graduating and she said, oh yeah, I'm going to work in peds. I was like, mm. what? <laughs> Stop it. You can work with kids as a physio. This is a thing. This is awesome. <laughs> um, and honestly, from the, from the very first day that I was at McMaster, I tried to tailor my um, entire learning around kids. So obviously I graduated as a general physiotherapist, but I have never treated an adult in my entire career. So um, that's the thing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I started in the public healthcare system in Vancouver and was fortunate enough to actually enter public practice as a new grad. So I was mm-hmm. given that opportunity, um, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And, um, and worked in the Vancouver school system. So was a physiotherapist that went into the schools and provided my consultative support um, to kids with physical disabilities primarily. Mm-hmm. And um, what I soon realized um, was that there was funding for kids in BC, and there still is funding for kids um, to access private physiotherapy services if you have a physical disability. Mm-hmm. But there was nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, there was very few people who were offering that private service for kids. So as a public therapist, one of my jobs was to um, 
to help kids in the school system be um, as able to participate in school and in life. Um, obviously, as a consulting physio, you're limited. And so what we had to do then was to, um, for kids who needed a little more service, try and find where to send them to. But like I say, there was very few places. So um, I found myself um, a little bit frustrated by not being able to provide the care in the job that I was in, um, but also not being able to refer out and have a really good referral. Um, so um, here I am. <laughs> There's a bigger journey than just going from there to here. But, um, but really what it was, was trying to solve the problem of um, regular physiotherapy for kids in a private in a private sector, but that was super fun. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, you know, we see all these different um, gaps in the in the entire system. There's still many more gaps to be filled, right? Uh -huh. And I think a lot of people um, want to help fill those gaps, but it's amazing to see somebody who actually, you know, executed on that actually made it happen, right? Um, so, you know, I know the model that you've kind of went uh, down is a little bit different than the regular growth model that um, uh, we see, for example, people who have minority stakes in certain uh, clinics or people who uh, have clinics with multiple clinics that just have clinic directors. Um, there's a lot of different models, but you have a very interesting model that you've used to actually reach more and more in the community again, and to expand kind of what you wanted to do initially, you know, nationally now. So why did you decide to go for this uh, franchise model instead of some other growth models? Sure. So as you mentioned, we have six locations right now, but with the first location that we started, um, I was mentored um, by another physiotherapist as well as a chiropractor, actually, um, who um, ran small clinics with independent contractors. And so we have grown from my original um, independent contractor model, which was Fraser Street, um, now to transitioning um, um, actually having employees. And um, what we also then found at that time was that there were many people who were quite interested in opening a kid's physio location. So I had people who were interested in partnering with me, which is the first stage of growth that we did was we started partnering with other physios to open more locations. Um, but then we ran out of um, me. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't clone um, yourself. Eh? I couldn't. No. And so I worked with a business consultant who helped me figure out the very best way to um, to grow, and that became um, really, really apparent that franchising was the way to go. We had already established a very strong business of systems, um, and so it wasn't a huge leap in order to actually um, be granted that franchise. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as a sidebar here, I do want to uh, quickly introduce our newest co-host, Veronica, who's going to be joining us as well. Uh, Veronica's from McMaster. We'll definitely, we're going to have a whole episode on Veronica, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Veronica, uh, go for it. Okay, so Laura, I was just wondering, um, since you've expanded so much across now across the country and throughout the province, how are you able to maintain some of the quality at all the clinics since you can't be everywhere all at once? <laughs> Um, the shortest answer is systems. Mm -hmm. And um, I think anyone who's worked with a business coach um, will tell you that you need to get what's in your head written down um, and um, have it also be shareable easily for your team. So very, very early on, I started writing my systems down um, and they were 
pretty, <laughs> if you look back at, we've actually archived most of the old systems. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it really was getting whatever was in my head out onto paper and then also hiring an incredible um, team to help continue to add to the operations and the systems manual. So we host our operations manual now on Google Drive um, and it's accessible to every single um, physiotherapist on our team. Um, and then any managers would have a different level of access and any clinic owners would then have another level of access to the different documents that are there. Um, so that's one way that we maintain quality is that everyone has access to the exact same systems. Um, and then most importantly, we have a really good onboarding system. So um, anytime someone joins our team, they are um, welcomed in exactly the same way across every organization. So if you're joining us in Toronto, you're getting the same onboarding experience as you would um, in Vancouver at our flagship location on Fraser Street. Um, and one way that we were able to solve that was um, by um, working with Embodia. Mm -hmm. And Embodia has um, helped us have our own Kids Physio Academy. And what that looks like is that all of our um, onboarding systems are hosted on Embodia and we can um, have our employees uh, log in and um, take the Kids Physio courses that we have and we can track their progress and certainly ask um, any questions. Um, it's a pretty long answer, but I'm going to keep going yeah. because one of the ways that we maintain quality is um, by having um, a tiered structure. So we do have managers at each location um, and all of the clinical managers support all the new physiotherapists. So mm -hmm. anybody who's joining the team knows that they don't just have a clinic owner. They also have a clinical manager. So somebody who's more in a peer to peer type relationship, but who does have some seniority and more experience, which does give them the opportunity um, to really have someone on the ground every single day or week um, to, to, um, to ask questions um, and to have just the support that they really need. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally, the biggest one would, would be um, leadership coaching um, and learning how to manage people. So not only did I go through that, but I've also now trained all of our managers to go through the same type of leadership training, um, mm -hmm. which means we're all speaking the same language so we can support our team from the top down and then also from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, that's definitely interesting. And I think, um, you know, we can see that Kids Physio Group right now has become so successful at each small level, like at the clinician level, it's been, it's been doing really well. And, you know, all the systems and everything you've put into place are being used by everybody within all the different locations. And, you know, this type of structure working well is a, is a strong reflection of the CEO of the company. And how have you been able to actually get buy-in from each level uh, throughout these uh, throughout the different locations that you have so that everybody kind of follows in the same footsteps uh, across all six now coming into seven locations? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, great question. And it is because we are so crystal clear with our vision mm -hmm. um, and, and then, you know, leading from or coming from vision is also the values that then, um, we work off of. So um, it's so important that every single member of the team is in line with the same values and believes in those values in order to get us to the same vision. So we do everything based on our values. You're hired, you're let go <laughs> based on values. Yeah. You're given your performance reviews based on our values. And I think it's a, you know, it's a general conversation with most successful businesses is that every single person has to be in line with the same value system in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so what are some of the legal implications that come from this sort of franchise model that you've established? Yeah, great question. Um, it's no, it's no small feat to actually franchise your business. Um, <laughs> but what I have heard, and there's um, great resources out there for physiotherapists, is to right away start running your business like a franchise, even if you're not franchised. Um, and that's because a franchise has requirements um, that you have to um, to sort of check these boxes in order to be able to then sell your business as a franchise. Um, mm. And um, you know, one of the, the, the things that we did was obviously work with um, a great employment or not an employment lawyer. I'm sorry, a great franchise lawyer. I have lots of lawyers. <laughs> so I'm trying to get these guys mixed up. But my, um, my franchise lawyer is out of um, Ontario. And um, the reason that we chose to have a franchise lawyer in Ontario is that Ontario has some of the strictest um, franchise laws um, or has the strictest franchise laws in Canada. And so working with um, someone out of Ontario guarantees that our franchise will be um, um, meeting the requirements across the rest of Canada. Um, and so he put us through the ringer and we had to um, make sure that our business was um, passing all of the um, the tick boxes. And I'll tell you, it's a long one. You have to have a specific corporate structure. You have to have all the fundamentals of franchising, like a training program, your proven management team, um, distinctive trade names and trademarks, the list kind of goes on and on, um, and, and intellectual property. Um, but not only that, you have to have a tremendous number of legal documents, which honestly are super confusing for anybody who's gone through physio school. It's not, um, it's not my forte, but that's yeah. where, you know, hiring someone where you've got a really high level of trust. Um, mm -hmm. And so... The big, big legal implications. It's a long story and certainly way more than what we could answer in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely really important to have lawyers. I think, you know, anything that I've learned so far is uh, two very key individuals outside, obviously, the physiotherapist is um, the accountant and the lawyer. So having somebody backing you up from those perspectives is really, really important, especially as you're growing and as you're uh, managing the practice. Now, the, the other question I had actually to follow up on uh, on that is, you know, it seems like you have a process to pick somebody to run the franchise because, you know, it seems like you're not just giving away the franchise for anybody who walks in through the door. So what's your like process that you go through in your mind to actually determine if somebody's a good fit for that franchise? Yeah, and this is the most important step. <laughs> um, and fortunately, we've had um, our very first franchise was sold to um, someone who worked in the organization. So having worked with this individual mm -hmm. um, for better, the better part of actually longer than a calendar year, um, it was obvious to us that she was um, the right fit. So from that process, we developed our own sort of, if you think sort of process map, um, we developed our own set of questions that we need to look at. Um, we have a very slow process when we start connecting with people. Um, and um, obviously doing so in person would be better. But now that we've got this great platform of being able to do video conferencing, um, it does make it a little bit easier. But I spend a lot of time just connecting with people across Canada. So right now I can, you know, basically say that we're working with probably three or four more individuals at a very um, initial early connecting stage um, and we'll stay in that phase for quite a long time before we actually move to talking seriously about selling a franchise 
Um, but again, it comes right back down to values. I'm taking a lot of time um, with my team um, to, it's not even interviewing, it's, it's working side by side with, it's connecting with, it's, it's asking a lot of questions um, to make sure that they are the right fit moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a lot easier to take that time mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in the early stage um, than to have a failed franchise and try and improve an existing franchise. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do it right the first time, we, you don't need we to may as well it, take right? a, Exactly. We yeah. may as well make sure that those early systems are, are dialed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. So how do you like connect with some of those people? Are they people that are working with you in the clinic or do they reach out to you? How do you like build that connection? I guess. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so like I'd mentioned, we, we first um, connected and sold our first franchise to someone in house. So from the organization. Um, but the good news is, is that the pediatric physiotherapy community in Canada, as well as globally, to be honest with you, is very small. And there's lots of different um, ways to connect, whether we've met them at different courses um, across Canada, because there's not that many peds courses also. Um, <laughs> there's some great Facebook groups for um, pediatric physiotherapists globally. And um, and then just my, um, my love for meeting people and connecting with individuals. Um, it's been my absolute favorite part of my job is to meet different um, physios who love pediatrics as much as I do. And um, having um, a platform now to be able to engage them with a way to actually open their own business one day is, is totally my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. I think even the physiotherapy community as a whole, I actually think it's still kind of small, right? Yes. Everyone, every a lot of people know each other, and you know, even across like from BC to Ontario to Quebec, like people know each other so well because these conferences happen, and everybody gets together and go back to the thing, come back. So it's definitely interesting. Kind of, there's a lot of different ways you can you know meet these individuals. Um, and you know, one of the things I've learned from meeting all these individuals is people who try to grow their um, their practices and because again I met so many clinic owners that are doing so many great things with their clients and the communities they want to keep replicating and grow and make sure that you know there's this uh, there's this movement to try to help communities even more and yeah. do things better every single time right yeah. what I've noticed is that you know there is a lot of individuals that um, do kind of get stuck in the business so as they're trying to grow um, it takes a higher toll on their personal life as they're growing the clinics, as they're growing um, the entire business. So how do you think, or what kind of implications do you think uh, this franchise model has had on your personal life to allow you to expand while trying to maintain this work-life balance as well? Mm -hmm. um, well, I've, I've now got a franchise team. So having a group of people to help me, um, is probably the number one way that we're able to grow. Um, mm -hmm. Because I'm not partnering any longer um, with individuals. So in BC, our first three, um, three locations were partnerships. Um, but now um, my role description is different. So um, I'm not necessarily required to sit in on shareholder meetings and be um, totally in the know of all of the financials of a business moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just a little bit removed, but we're very much 
um, connected with our franchise um, locations as far as um, their excellence. So the clinical excellence, the business excellence and whatnot, but it really does just change the um, personal implication for me in terms of my role description. Um, I'm able to delegate more to um, other team members at the franchise level to be able to um, support um, to support me as an individual, as the leader of the business. So I have a few more arms instead of just being the only person. Are you still able to like practice in clinic or is your main role um, as part of the franchise leader? I right now am loving my new role as the CEO. <laughs> I have worked clinically for years and years mm -hmm. and it has been um, probably one of the hardest decisions was to step back as a clinician so that I could grow forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think that there's a way to do both at this time for me and be a mom. So there was no, there was no, and a wife and a sister and a daughter and all the other <laughs> that are required. Um, so yeah, so right now, no, I'm not treating clinically. Um, I certainly am still very connected to many of the clients at the, at the clinic because I work out of our clinics. I have mm -hmm. offices in some of the different locations. So I still get to see kids on a regular basis and connect with parents and families. And um, a lot of the parents and families, like we're a small company still, and a lot of the parents and families know me. And so when I come into clinic, um, they're all pretty happy um, to see me, but also really see that the clinic has been able to grow to support more kids. So the understanding from my, um, my, um, my clients when I did decide to pull back was yeah we totally get it um, because in order for um, um, you to grow you need to um, you know not be working clinically so it, it made sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a question maybe a little bit more of a, some philosophies behind it too. When you set on this, uh, this venture to franchise this model did you ever think that you'd get here and be just expanding like crazy <laughs> no <laughs> definitely not i first started kids physio because there were a group of kids in vancouver in east vancouver actually mm -hmm. who needed private physio and mm -hmm. i could only see those 40 kids like in my mind i could only see those 40 kids mm -hmm. um but it was when i worked with my very first business coach and um, she connected me with somebody just as a one-off um, coffee. Just, you know, when, you, when you're an early entrepreneur, you often say, hey, can I have coffee with you just to pick <laughs> your brain? Um, yeah. <laughs> but this particular person um, really gave me the, um, the early mindset that in order to have a higher impact, mm -hmm. you needed to not make it about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so as a clinician, I knew very early on that if I just grew the business around me clinically, I would hit my ceiling very quickly. And so um, I never did that. I hired people right away. Um, I certainly was very much the main treating physio for a long time, but mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say if you compared me to another clinician, I very quickly transitioned away from being the face of the business. Um, mm -hmm. Like within the first three years, I was not the face of kids physio any longer mm -hmm. and probably never was the best physiotherapist on the team. I'm certainly not the best physiotherapist on the team. I, now. I, I don't know why I doubt that though. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, always, always hiring people who, um, who were better than me was the, the main goal. Awesome. How does this model kind of help you to grow or like scale your business? 
how, like, why did you choose it to help reach more kids? Yeah. So it, it just allows us to, one to have the, um, the, um, the standard of excellence, um, be there. So anytime someone comes into a kid's physio group, you can be, um, confident in your physiotherapist and the knowledge that they have because they, they follow a specific training program. Um, it, from a you know dollars and cents perspective, I don't have to wait until my business at one location is profitable before having enough capital to then open a second location or a third location or so on and so forth. Um, because I'm not investing in the businesses financially any longer. Somebody, you know, the new franchisee is. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't limit my ability to access capital, for example. Um, I'm not tying my mortgage of my house any longer to the growth of my business. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm letting somebody else do that. And I don't mean to be passing the buck on that. That's not the point. The point is, there's just in reality, one person, you know, who's (laughs) not gone to business school early on, (laughs) is not probably going to be able to grow a corporate structure um, mm-hmm. quickly. There's just no way. Um, yeah. I certainly know of, you know, other physio clinics who are corporate who have successfully been able to do that. But from where I sit, um, it wasn't going to be the direction that we could go. It really needed to be a franchise model so that um, I could get sort of um, off the, um, the financial responsibility of having to scale it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you, you definitely nail it on the head with that one thing, because that's actually one of the main things I find a lot of young entrepreneurs, um, you know, they always ask me like when I'm, I'm chatting with them too, it's like, well, how do we get the capital for the business? I think um, that's uh, definitely something that is a concern for a lot of individuals because, you know, sometimes depending on the size of the clinic, depending on where you open up, all these different things can really influence how you can actually gather that capital. So it's definitely um, really interesting. I do want to shift gears a little bit. I remember kind of, you know, we had a little bit earlier in the podcast too, you mentioned you transitioned people from an independent contractor to employees. Mm. Um, can you, give me a little bit more insight on that and kind of how that transition even happened or why you even did that mm-hmm. well part of it was um people coming on the team and then bringing to my attention the the requirements of canada revenue agency so i think mm-hmm. it was just internally um some physiotherapists and i think in the school system and you guys um <laughs> interviewing me right now might, yeah. might be able to speak to that a little bit more about what's happening in terms of how you're being educated in the schools certainly mm-hmm. back when i went to physio school the conversation was around independent contractors which was perfectly acceptable and normal mm-hmm. um but really um it just came to my attention that there was other ways mm-hmm. um But I would say that the main driving factor was certainly to be in line with the requirements of of CRA, Mm -hmm. but a very, very high second place to that was how do we build our culture? Mm -hmm. Um, And what is our, um, what does our culture look like when it, when you have a whole bunch of independent contractors, uh, independent contractors versus um, employees. And for us, we wanted to have systems in place um, for accountability. We wanted to have um, values in action. We wanted to have, um, Mm -hmm. we wanted to have in services, which were mandatory Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we really want to keep our um, physiotherapists well-educated. And in order to do that, having employees was definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think there's definitely a lot of talks now about kind of this independent contractor versus employee thing. But 
you know, who did you speak to to even make this happen? Because that's the, you know, where a lot of people get stuck is how do we get this information? Who do we talk to? Who knows, you know, which should we do based on our model, et cetera? Sure. Well, I remember speak, I've got a couple of physio friends who are clinic owners and mm-hmm. we, we were getting together and talking about it. Um, I engaged my accountant and my lawyer to ask lots of questions. Um, and then ultimately we just made the decision um, as an organization and it really tried to figure out the best systems ourselves in order to make that transition and make it um, really easy for our previous contractors to then become employees. Um, and we were able to transition everybody mm-hmm. um, all but one. Actually, there was one person who just said, nope, that's not for me. And they, they moved on and that was absolutely fine um, mm-hmm. because it was a business decision for us that we felt really comfortable with. Okay, cool. Um, so the other thing I had in terms of uh, in terms of this model as well, because I know you've been um, doing this model for a little bit of time. Is there any like, what's your vision like overall in the big picture? Like, are you mm. thinking global now or? <laughs> I don't know about global, but we definitely want to tackle Canada. Yeah. That, um, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I would have. I just. I don't even know that my mind could wrap my head around it. But we've identified mm-hmm. thirty cities in Canada or 30 locations in Canada that we'd like to grow into. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far um, east as the Maritimes, and then obviously we are already on as far west um, with Vancouver Island, we're already there in Victoria. Um, mm-hmm. But basically the vision of Kids Physio is that that all kids have access to private physiotherapy in a space that's designed just for them. And Mm -hmm. we really just want kids who are near major centers. Obviously it's probably not a feasible model when you go very rural just because of the pure, you know, number of children Mm -hmm. um, who would need physio. Um, But um, kids who are near a major center should be able to drive to one of our locations within Mm -hmm. the next 10 years. So we're looking for franchisees. Do you know anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Intense, Veronica. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Um, So, uh, Laura, I mean, I know we're going to be doing two parts. And, and, um, you know, first part, we had a heavy focus on the franchise model. Mm -hmm. And um, part two, we're going to be doing a heavy focus on female entrepreneurship. But to kind of wrap up the first segment, um, are there any books that you would recommend to our listeners uh, for this type of model or just for your, like, business journey so far? Mm. Not for this type of model. I mean, there's definitely lots of reading that you can do about franchises, but um, for me, one of the things that I have to get really good at now is negotiating. <laughs> and um, I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to attend a leadership summit um, in the fall of this year. And one of the speakers was Chris Voss and mm-hmm. he has a best-selling book now, um, which is fantastic called um, Never Split the Difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is phenomenal when it comes mm-hmm. to um, learning how to negotiate. And he really teaches you um, that you're negotiating almost in every single conversation that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that it's really helped my parenting skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, you know, also from a business perspective, it's really yeah. given me um, a lot of food for thought when it comes to how I'm negotiating what it is that we're selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Um, is there any place that our listeners can reach out to you and ask you any questions, whether it's about the franchise model or that transition to from employee to I mean, a contractor to employee? Oh, yeah. yeah? Um, well, as far as contractor to employee goes, we have a little bit of a side hustle here at Kids Physio because we've become well known as being successful in mm-hmm. transitioning our independent contractors to employees. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in that, um, we will provide some consultation for a small fee um, mm-hmm. and you can get in touch with um, my director of growth and operations. And she is, um, you can get in touch with her at grow at kidsphysio.ca. Okay. And, um, but as far as anybody wanting to connect with me, I'm happy if you want to check me out on kids on Instagram at kids physio mum, M U M. I like direct messages through there. It allows us to have a good back and forth chat and it gives me a good chance of, you know, following you and seeing what you're all about too. Um, And if you're at all interested in a kids physio franchise, then check out our website, kidsphysio.ca slash franchise, and you can submit a um, a Google form there and um, we'll get in touch with you and talk about what the next step of connecting looks like. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Laura. We're going to wrap You're up welcome. the first half here. Um, but uh, don't. Uh, there's part two as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but thanks for coming out for this part, uh, Laura. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.